John, NFL TV free agency has given us loads of content. Yep, and we have more today, Andrew. Troy Aikman, Joe Buck, there are big gets. We're going to have them today on the pod. All I know is I saw Romo at the Tahoe Golf Tournament, and he's while I'm eating dinner with the guy that I brought there to caddy. He walks by, and all he says is, you're welcome. And we're back. I'm Andrew Marchand, sports media columnist for the New York Post, and he's John Oran. John Arad, the sports business journal media reporter. And Thank John you, Mad Dog. Mad Dog, that might become a weekly feature. <laughs> oh, we're going to add another new weekly feature, question of the week. We got maybe some take some questions from uh, from you guys, the listeners. Um, each week, we're going to try that for the first time uh, later in the show. In a few minutes, we'll have Troy Aikman and Joe Buck for the big get. Uh, a lot of great stuff uh, coming up with them. But let's start as we always do, John. Who's up and who's down? Who's up? Who's down? All right, I'll start us off, Andrew. Who's up? I have Pete Bavacqua, who runs NBC Sports Group. Early this year, January 1st, he closed down NBC Sports Network, NBCSN. Seemed like they were retrenching a little bit from sports, at least sports on cable. They're going to push everything to Peacock. But guess what? The sports that were going to be on NBCSN and have moved to USA have shown, as you would expect, a big ratings increase. Uh, there are a couple of reasons for that. One is that USA is in more homes, so you're going to get more viewers than NBCSN. So that obviously pay, plays a part. But I talked to Bavacqua uh, earlier this week. And he thinks it's because USA is primarily an entertainment channel. And so you're able to get these casual sports fans that uh, might not have tuned into the Arsenal Crystal Palace match, that it happens to be in front of them. So they're going to watch. Premier League, it has two of the four most watched matches on in cable TV history. NASCAR, year-over-year gains for uh, six consecutive races. The Beijing Olympics, it was USA's most watched fortnight ever in the uh, in terms of uh, total day viewership so the numbers are re really suggesting that Mavakwa's decision to close down an all sports channel is a good for sports and it's good for nbc two quick things on that good use of the term fortnight i mean just throwing that in like you're british uh that's number one number two, i did live i did live in england for a couple of years well back in the 90s two, this reminds me of the old uh espn versus nbc argument uh, back when the NBA went to ESPN and, you know, the big argument was, you know, that uh, NBC for all those years had Seinfeld and Friends on Thursdays, giving you ads for Michael Jordan on the weekend and uh, that, you know, ESPN sports people just go to sports. So I don't know if that, you know, there, there is maybe some credence to that, but, uh, but I think maybe that argument is uh, present in your who's up. All right, my who's up, the NFL TV ratings. We haven't even started the regular season. <laughs> NFL just cannot lose. Uh, the Lions and the Steelers on CBS was the highest rated preseason game since 2013, nearly a decade. Uh, and it might just be a harbinger. I'm going to take your Fortnite and raise your harbinger uh, to uh to what we might see this season. And you know what's kind of funny? This isn't like a, we have to get too big into this, but we talk about the new deals with the NFL, $110 billion, 11 years. Uh, there is an out after seven. And I just wonder, as we do this podcast, we're still doing this podcast five years from now, does that become a big topic? Will the NFL opt out of $110 billion worth of deals to get even more money uh, seven years from now? Uh, I just think... Uh, it is something as these ratings continue to explode and TV, uh, right, the rest of TV kind of implodes. We see that NBC uh, with their affiliates might end, you know, national programming at 10 o'clock. Uh, the NFL just is going to, you know, could very well grow stronger and stronger. You know, people always talk about the power of live sports. To me, it's not the power of live sports. It's the power of the NFL. I mean, my gosh, the, those preseason numbers. We do this every uh, February when the Pro Bowl comes. Like, everybody hates the Pro Bowl. I don't know anybody that watches the Pro Bowl, but its numbers dwarf everything else on TV. It's a, it, it is an amazing run. But I'm going to go to who's down. I'm going to go go uh, to old Mr. Reliable. It's going to be Chris Ripley of Sinclair. I just had a story that the uh, independent board of a Diamond Sports Group, Sinclair owns Diamond Sports Group, 
they hired two investment bankers, Lion Tree and Mullis. And the uh, speculation is that they're trying to clean, clean up Diamond Sports Group to make it pretty for a sale. The reason why Chris Ripley is on my way down is because that move alone shows me that the creditors are the ones that are really in control right now of Diamond Sports. It's not Sinclair, it's not Ripley, it's the creditors. And whatever happens to move forward, those are the people that you're gonna to have to, uh, to listen to and figure out from. All right, we'll do a little bit more of that in, in a minute, um, right before we do Buck and Aikman in the, in the big get. My who's down, and, and it could relate a little bit, but right now my who's down, Apple. And you say, well, what did Apple do? Um, it's not more as much as what Apple uh, has done lately. It's just how Amazon might be coming out of the gate um, from what we saw with the preseason with Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit, we're going to talk about in a moment. And Apple, look, totally understand. Amazon spending a billion dollars plus uh, for the NFL. It's a much bigger product. But Apple came out gimmickry with three-person boots. Um, look, I don't want to, you know, Katie Nolan, I just didn't understand that addition. Just because there's no baseball background, if you watch the broadcast, uh, you don't hear her that much. Um, Hannah Kaiser, uh, a baseball columnist. So she made more sense, but now she's not on uh, those telecasts. Um, and, you know, the rest of the people that they've put on, now they've rotated some some new people um, in, like Melanie Newman has potential. Uh, Chris Young, who I covered with the Yankee, also uh, could be good. Hunter Pence, he, he could have some chops uh, long-term. And, and Steven Nelson, also, he, he sounds like um, someone who should be on games, but just overall, now the picture looks great. I just, I think when you come on, you're new, you just first have to, it's like you show up at a party. You can't show up at a party and try to be like necessarily the life of the party. We're going to change how you do everything. You kind of want to, at first, um, you know, maybe be quiet, kind of get to know people. Then you can kind of show your personality. And I think Apple sort of made that mistake. They can recover. We got to give Apple long-term. Maybe they might do the Sunday ticket deal, probably will. Um, and that will be something that's very big. And, you know, what we just talked about with the RSNs, uh, you know, Apple could be standing there uh, as perhaps a place uh, where these leagues, specifically uh, baseball, basketball, and hockey, look to um, in terms of uh, what's next if uh, the RSNs really do continue to struggle and go down. Andrew, we're going to disagree a little bit, I think maybe on the edges uh, uh, in terms of your who's down, but let's get right into the topics because our first topic is about Amazon's debut as an exclusive home for Thursday Night Football. It was just a preseason game but they went whole hog after it. You were in Houston. Why don't you take us through what, what you saw? Yeah, I'm working on a big story going for the week of uh, uh, that they, they debut a couple of weeks from now. Um, so here, number one is I just think when you look at it overall, um, it felt like Sunday Night Football. Hand it off to Pierce. Puts his head down and into the end zone. He goes for a touchdown. Great opening drive for the Texans. Pierce carries six times for 37 yards and gives them the lead. Look, we could argue who has the best production, and I, I would say that all of them are, are really good productions in terms of the NFL. Um, you know, ESPN struggled for a while, but I think they've ready the ship a little bit more, you know, the last few years. Uh, but um, it felt like what Fred Gadelli has done for years on Sunday Night Football with Al Michaels. Um, and that's a pretty good start, right? That makes you feel comfortable uh, when you first uh, go on and, and, and you're watching. And then I thought Kirk Herbstreit might be the perfect partner uh, for Michaels at this point in his career. Uh, and they seem to be meshing very well. They've gotten together about five times and they could, um, you know, they could gel. And then pregame, uh, you know, they tried some, some new things. Um, you know, I was in and out on the pregame from, you know, some of the things I was doing reporting wise, but you know, Carissa Thompson, and then they have a new crew, Richard Sherman, a lot of uh, clicker consultants chimed into me that he was real good on the, on the first uh, pregame, Ryan Fitzpatrick hire seemed to be good to me. Um, and so I just think you look at what they've done. It's just, you want to have that credibility with your audience because you don't get that second chance. Right. And I think they, they have a, we have to see that was just preseason. It's a soft launch to me. That doesn't fully count. It's just hard to imagine, you know, the broadcast is not going to be very good. Yeah. The broadcast itself, you and I are in total agreement with that. I mean, let's just start with Jared Stacy, the Amazon executive that sort of put this all together. I mean, he has a sterling reputation. He's top notch. He brought in Fred Gadelli, who is uh, of course the best at what he does. 
Al Michaels is the best at what he does. Herb Street is the best college analyst out there. Uh, and, and so that worked out really, really well. And, and, and it showed. Um, I didn't expect that to, to be any different. To me, it could have been a, a late afternoon Sunday game. It could have been any one of the primetime games. They came out of the box and they, they showed that, that, it was, that they're a legitimate pr production. Well, let me, can I add something to that? So like the other thing is that Stacy Marie Donahue as well, you know, they're their top executives getting Gadelli in there uh, was very important. You know, I talked to Al down there. So uh, I got some nice access. Then I got Al um, and Al said uh, he probably would have gone to ESPN if Joe Buck hadn't gone and he would have joined Troy Aikman, uh, which is an interesting comment. Uh, and then also uh, he said to me that Bob Kraft uh, the owner of the Patriots and the chairman of the NFL TV committee called Rupert Murdoch, the head of Fox, um, and, you know, kind of suggested maybe Al for Fox to replace Joe Bug there to the next three Super Bowls. Very experienced. They went with Kevin Burkhart, uh, kept it in-house, and Burkhart's uh, deserving, in my opinion. But Al said that Gadelli was a big reason that he went to Amazon. You know, that made it more comfortable for him. There might be another Fred Gadelli, but he's used to working with Gadelli, and you could see why those two um, work really well together. Um, and so uh, that Gadelli hire, though, important because I'm not saying you don't get Al, but it might have been harder to get Al to come to Amazon. Let me throw a little bit of water uh, on this. Uh, number one is, uh, as we all know, viewership is going to be is going to be down considerably. We're taping this. I know you hate it on the pod. Marshan always complains when I when I say a day, but we're taping this right now on a Tuesday afternoon. That game was on a Thursday. We still don't know. They're Nielsen rated. We still don't know what the audience was. I can guarantee you that if it was a big audience, we would have already heard about it. So that's a that doesn't count though. It's a preseason. No, but that doesn't absolutely. Count. Yeah, you're 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 right. But let, let, that doesn't count because a preseason game. Come uh, Chiefs, Chargers. Everything counts. This doesn't count because we're not watching preseason games when they're on regular TV. This is a, you have to go find it. They weren't really promoting it. It's okay. a soft launch. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Right. I will suggest that this is going to be the lowest viewed NFL package out there by far this season. Yes. No? But this is the thing, you know, and someone gave me this line, uh, an executive, and it's a very good line, John. To Wait, what executive? I want, I want, I want this executive's name, Andrew. Unnamed, unnamed executive. Big time. Um, the uh, the person said to me, you know, to your point that it's the worst package. You know what the worst package is? Not having an Not NFL having package. package. I said, Fair enough. Fair I said, enough. You know what I said to the person, you should have told me that line a lot earlier. I guess that's a good line. <laughs> I should have just taken it and acted like it was mine. Let me go to another point, though, because I because unlike you, I was in we my... Go for what, just for the record? I know. I, 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 I think we'll, right let the, we'll let the listeners decide, right? Unlike you, I was watching in my house. Um, as, as it so happens, the, I don't know if you know, the Orioles are in a pennant race, right? And so the way that I consume sports is, you know, in the, the half inning or at a change of possession in football, you channel surf and you go to a, a different game. Well, in order to channel surf into an Amazon prime game, I have to go, get out of the TV mode. I have to launch an app. I have to go through the app. I have to click on it. I have to get to the game. And then, and then I'm watching the game. And then when they hit a commercial in order to get back to my Orioles game, I have to ex exit out of the app. I have to exit back into the TV mode and I have to go. It, it, it's a cumbersome process. It's, uh, it's something that's gonna get better, certainly as the years go on, but it's, it, I, I just, I'm worried for Amazon that it's not gonna be particularly user-friendly for people who are used to, especially on a Thursday night, when there's going to ESPN's going to have college football on there, and and you can be sure that Fox is going to be counter-programming the uh, Thursday night football, uh, you know, pretty well. You're going to want to channel surf, and it's going to be difficult to do. Yeah, I mean, look, streaming is a different animal. Um, I will say, like, like I'm working on this big story, but you know, if you look at Amazon's history, and this is a kind of the question, what, what, like, what are you trying to accomplish with this? Right. And the, and I'm going to have, you know, in that story and, and, you know, we'll talk about it more over the, you know, podcast, but, you know, the one thing I think you have to understand though, it's, this is a, not like, this is the one, you know, like next, uh, what is the 14th or whatever it is in September, the second week of the NFL season that Thursday, 
it's a five-year, ten-year. Absolutely, and and that's going to get better. It's not going to get better. Just people's habits are changing. Like things are going to certain places. They want to sell Prime memberships, so everyone will have a million boxes. You know, is you know everybody has Prime membership. No, 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 no. There's this the Washington media elite over there. Not everyone has Prime membership. A lot of people do. It's very popular. They claim eighty million people use Prime Video. 80 million, that's what they claim, um, used Prime Video, but not everyone has it. And again, um, this is according to them, is that when people use the Prime, they, they buy more things. They just, I mean, you know, look, it's brilliant and evil in the same spot, the whole Amazon, what they're doing. Marshan spends a couple of days with Amazon. No, no, now no, all no, sudden, no. Now all of a sudden, Apple is yeah, down yeah, yeah. and oh my no. God, this is crazy. I, you accused me of that. No, no. They rolled out a lot of roots, so they did a great time. They rolled out the red carpet, and then I come down. Well, hey, look, I got this Al Michael story. He said he wanted to go to ESPN. Um, that wasn't really the intention, but then Al said that. So, uh, you know, they were cool about it. But uh, th- this is the thing when you do this stuff, and I, I know you're kind of. By kidding. the way, I don't think I don't think anybody can accuse you I, I, if you read your. You know, you, know, you know, it's interesting you say that though. There's a side like because we're trying to get because we want to get the fucking ache, and we're trying not to go too long here. But the one thing is, it is interesting when you cover things. This is, happens to people who are on the radio, like. When I used to cover the Yankees, right? You go on the radio and the talk show host has this huge opinions, generally are wrong, generally aren't as informed as you are, depending on the people. Um, but but so you end up coming across sometimes like you're defending the team, right? Like Stockholm syndrome. So it's not, so, but so anyways, I, I know you're kidding around, but like, I just think that their plan has been good. So, I mean, I, I know what you want me to tell you. My third uh, sort of demerit, and, and again, Everything about their first game was top notch. I expected it to be, as I said. You frequently go back to ESPN of the 1980s, you know, where it's like you have to start small and then you have to then you have to build. Amazon, talk about not starting small. I mean, I it costs money to put that package together. The amount of they have though, John. You see, I think this is where you they've gone international, they've tried stuff. They got the US Open over in England, so they tried that. They've learned from that. They've also got the Premier League over in England, like 20 games. But isn't a part of you, aren't you like I'm shocked that something that's going to get as small a viewership as I expected to get that they're spending so much on a production? The production is fabulous. There are no complaints. What would you do? You're saying. First off, they're Amazon. You always bring up how much they have endless. We got to get on the next subject, but we 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 could talk about this forever. We should have asked Troy and Joe about this. Yeah, exactly. No, Troy Troy actually later says he was very impressed with Amazon um, as well, but probably setting up uh, negotiations. I just at some point they have to start making money off of uh, this NFL deal, and they're they're not going to be making it out of the gate. And that's just something that I just don't understand. I wish because I, I understand how ESPN makes money. I understand how Fox makes money. I don't understand what the what Amazon. Your post is gonna have a good story for you. You're gonna like this story. <laughs> you gotta wait though. All right, let's move on to your other topic. I didn't even say anything, but uh, your buddy at uh, Sinclair, who's down award, Chris Ripley. I mean, goodness gracious, you go for him again. Um, let's just take me through this. Though. This is what I want to know. Okay, you kind of you already gave us in the who's down, really like a good synopsis of what's going on. What's the end game, not for Sinclair, like, cause you know, I know your sports business journal, you like that part of it. I'm more consumer, you know, fan oriented from where I sit. What is this going to mean for the fan? How am I going to watch my games? How, what are we transforming? I know you don't definitely know, but what are we, what's going on here for the viewer at home? For the viewer at home, there are a lot of unknowns, but what we were, what, what I was just talking about with Amazon, spending as much money as they are on the production, they, uh, the viewers at home should expect a rollback in terms of what uh, RSNs are, are, are uh, spending on production because right now the Diamond Sports Group, so it's, um, Sinclair runs Diamond Sports Group, which runs uh, the 21 uh, Bally Sport R- RSNs. They're more than $8 billion in debt. Uh, Diamond Sports Group itself isn't worth $8 billion. So it's, it's, it's impossible to, to, to sell. So they brought in these investment banks one to go out and see if there are interested buyers into coming in, and the other to sort of you know make the balance sheets uh, look more attractive for 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 those buyers, and um and, and so for the end user, uh, 
what there's so many different ways that this could go i mean do they go into bankruptcy you know again we don't know how i get it you're reporting on it and we don't know where it's going exactly but does it digital does this end up going digitally like where you're going to be watching your games like digitally and cable these regional sports networks are really in trouble and to the point that we don't even they're not even really existent in 10 years or where are we going to be no because if it goes digital that is the that that is the second worst scenario for major league baseball teams because you're not going to make nearly as much money from uh from from going solely digital as you do from uh the, these rights fees for uh, pe- uh people that still pay for for cable and and, and watch uh, watch the rsn's on on cable the other thing is like i'm just going to stick on baseball because baseball is the biggest and their teams get the highest rights fees um you know bally sports you know it's 21 RSNs, I forget how many baseball teams, I think it's about 14 baseball teams or, or something. I forget that's somewhere around that number, but that does not include the Yankees, the Cubs, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the biggest brands in baseball still can, uh, that, that can still control their own uh, local rights. So the idea of everything going, you know, every baseball go, moving forward with this one package with all their rights, that those are going to be. Can you imagine those negotiations that they're going to have to have with the Yankees and with the Red yeah, that's Sox? That's not going to happen. They're going to do their own thing. If if anything, I don't. They're not going to kind of be like the NFL. It just doesn't doesn't make sense for the Yankees to share money uh, with the Pirates. They already hate that. With yeah. uh, so if you're FS, if you're the Twins and you're totally dependent on uh, on Bally Sports North, it's really tough. Very interesting. If you've been listening to the pod two weeks ago, we had Michael Nathanson, uh, one of the best media analysts in the business, uh, talking about this very subject. Last week, uh, we had Burke Magnus, number two at ESPN. We got into all the college uh, football, everything going on with that. So you can go back and listen to those. This week, though, uh, John, uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, what happened with them? Let's just go to the interview and find out. Okay, John, let's bring in our big gets. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman enter their 21st season at Fox together. Andrew, the- Andrew, no, 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 no. They left. They're, they're at ESPN now. What? What? Is that true? Joe and Troy? What, what the hell happened? I don't know. I, I'm not sure. What do you think, Troy? Where should we, where should we show up in week one? Well, I, I think that, uh, I don't know, that intro. I mean, you said you were print guys coming into this. Uh, I mean, that, uh, that, that, that intro wasn't scripted at all in any way, was hey, it? <laughs> we, we, need, we need better comedy writers. We need... <laughs> Gavin prepared, so uh, we have the Jeb Bush uh, applause, please. Uh, sound bite to come. Marshan, who wrote that? Come on, yeah. that was that's awesome. <laughs> All right, let's, we have transparency. That was my idea. Um, but anyway, <laughs> what the heck happened? Uh, I don't know what happened. We uh, we woke up uh, one day and uh, we were at ESPN. I mean, my story is a lot different than Troy's. Uh, you know, I was thinking today, I, I don't know that there's anything that you or John could ask me that you haven't already asked me. But I, yeah, it, his story is way different. From where I sit, once he was gone and out of the door, uh, it was kind of my objective to join him where he went, and that was ESPN. Um, There's a lot of reasons for it, but the first shoe that dropped was Troy switching over to ESPN, and then uh, my mission was pretty clear, and uh, fortunately, Fox let me out and uh, made a trade for a seemingly mediocre football game allegedly <laughs> and uh next thing you know i'm i work for disney uh, we're, we're gonna get all that in, but we're, gonna, we're actually gonna start with the espn stuff so we'll, we'll and then we'll, we'll get maybe a little bit into that a little bit later but john you want to go yeah so so uh honeymoon now you guys haven't done a game yet together but what are the differences that you've already noticed about being with the espn versus being with fox well, you know, we we did a rehearsal game uh, a couple weeks ago. And, Wait, Troy, and, uh, why would you you guys have done this for two decades? Why would yeah. you need to do a rehearsal game? Well, you know, surprisingly enough, there's there's more that goes into this than just than just simply Joe and I. You know, so you know, there's some there's some new people in the trucks and just getting kind of getting used to what the way they do it or the you know what they expect to hear from us. And trust me, we were out of there at halftime, so it was, <laughs> <laughs> we weren't there very long, but. You know, I think the uh, what I what what I see so far, and obviously we're just kind of getting going. John is um, that they with ESPN, it's one broadcast. You know, so the, so it's one game a week on their network. 
and they have uh, the resources to throw a lot at it. So in some ways, uh, obviously, we don't have the audience of a Super Bowl, but in some ways, it's like doing the Super Bowl each week uh, because of the importance that the network places on this one broadcast, whereas opposed to Fox, yes, the game of the week's a big game. It's a big audience, uh, but there's a lot of other games that, that are going on as well. I guess that's probably the biggest thing, you know, here in its infancy is what I've noticed so far. Yeah, and I guess from my perspective, I think the best thing I can say is it felt like normal when we did the practice game. Um, you know, I, I he and I looked at each other. I can't tell you how many times, and this is kind of on the personal side, I, I was standing there thinking, thank God I'm next to Troy tonight and for the next five years, God willing. Um, and And I say that because I feel like this business is – very unforgiving now, much more so than it was when I started in 94 and I'd never done the NFL and I'm standing there next to Tim Green and he's never done broadcasting just off the field. I've never done football and I'm standing there. We had to figure our own way through it. And, and I'm not sure that Tim or me or Brenneman or Kenny or any Anthony Munoz or any of the other people that Fox brought in back in 94 would have survived the gauntlet that is out there today. So I, I, I did that whole first half going, okay, this feels like Joe and Troy. And, and it, it feels completely normal. And to ESPN's credit uh, and, and our specific producer, uh, Phil Dean, he's like, hey, whatever you guys have been doing, keep doing it. And, and however you guys have done it, keep doing it that way. And we will adjust to you. And it just, it felt completely normal and completely relaxed and like it did last year when Troy and I were standing there in the NFC champ game uh, uh, at Fox in whatever that was, January. So when I tune in this regular season, is it going to look like the Fox production? I mean, is it going to feel like a, 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 one of those old Fox productions? I mean, I, I can answer that. I, I think, you know, I did, I do listen to your podcast and when you had David Hill on, um, you know, I, there was so much gold in those minutes because of David Hill. You guys got a lot out of him. And I, I, it made me realize how much David Hill meant to me and means to me and, and why I'm sitting here, I, I think, because of David Hill. He could have made a hundred different decisions along those years that, you know, would not have led me to be sitting here talking about Monday Night Football, but he stuck with me. Uh, and, uh, you know, like he said, the, the announcers are kind of that touch piece that, that reaches the audience. So it's going to, I think, sound like we've always sounded. And then whatever bells and whistles come with different graphics and everything else, that will look like ESPN with us, you know, lending our voices. And eventually that will feel like Joe and Troy doing the game like it's always been, I feel like, but you know, we'll, time will tell. Troy, when you look at Monday night football, I mean, you know, their, their schedule and the amount of games and the fact there's a Super Bowl at the end of this uh, five-year uh, run for what your contract runs for, uh, how much of a factor was that in terms of, you know, if you were to leave or if you didn't go to Amazon, how much was a factor that this is going to, I mean, their schedule is going to get better. Like people yeah. that fan might not know that, but, you know, us in the, who fall, cover this know that the schedule is about to improve. They're going to have some flex scheduling. When you, when you factor that in, where would that stand? Uh, it, was, it, was, it was a big factor. Um, you know, it, it, it wasn't the sole reason because I've been fortunate enough to call a lot of Super Bowls, been calling championship games, of course, for the last 20 years. Um, but, you know, like as a player, the most fun time of the year is when you get into the postseason, when the games are, 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 are more relevant. Uh, those are the games that, that everyone remembers, the participants, the broadcasters, the viewers, everyone. And we were, we were fortunate during our time in Fox to have some really memorable postseason games. So the thought of not continuing to call those uh, certainly weighed in that decision. I will say that Amazon during the entire process with me was fantastic. I, I think they're going to do a terrific job. They got great people. Uh, they've thrown a lot behind this. The NFL's gotten behind them. Of course, they want it to be a huge success and I believe that it will be. Um, but when ESPN got involved in the opportunity to continue to call 
playoff games and then ultimately Super Bowls, as you said, at the end of this five-year contract, and then going forward, uh, God willing, then that 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 definitely played into this and and the games that they were going to have. I think ESPN has shown to the NFL that they're committed to putting the best product out there that they can. And as a result of that, I feel like the, they were rewarded uh, with the schedule. And as you mentioned, it, it, that, that schedule is only going to continue to improve with flex scheduling, scheduling in the future. Now, you, you've talked a lot. We're not going to be over belabor uh, you know, what happened, but we do have you here. And when you look <laughs> back, <laughs> when you look back at what happened, what's the biggest thing you think, first off for you, Troy, why this happened? You know, this is and you were kind of the linchpin in terms of this offseason and all the movement. Yeah, I don't know that I'll ever have the I don't know that I'll ever have a real answer on that. Um, and, and you know, for no fault of mine uh, as to why there's not an answer. But uh, but I, I, I would get I guess I would, the way I'd answer that is by saying that the reason that I'm no longer at Fox uh, is is mostly due to a lack of communication, uh, which is ironic since we're in the communications business. But uh, that's the way that it is. And, I, and I'll just echo what Joe said that, you know, when I decided to, to leave and go to ESPN, uh, I was, I was not unsure as to who exactly I was going to be working with. And I thought, well, you know, I, I had had conversation with Jimmy Pitaro. Uh, I trusted that whoever it was that I was going to be working with was going to be someone who was really talented and, and, uh, and that we, you know, we'd, we'd make it work, uh, and then I heard that, hey, there might be a possibility that, that Joe's going to be able to come. And it went from, okay, this is a new opportunity for me and something that's exciting after 21 years at one network. You know, maybe the timing's right. Uh, and then it was a grand slam, you know, once Joe came. And, and I'd hate for us to get through this podcast with, without making this point that, you know, Joe and I are very close personal friends. I think the viewers hear that when they hear us on on television. Uh, you know, you talk about, hey, this partnership, but <clears throat> a big part of that is chemistry. And and the reason we have that chemistry is because we have we have a, a long lasting, close personal friendship <clears throat> that you just can't you can't fake. Um, and so during this process, <clears throat> there were there was plenty of opportunity for Joe to say, hey, you know what, Troy, it's been a great run, but I'm going to stay here at Fox. There was plenty of opportunity for me to say to ESPN, hey, you know, it's been great working with Joe, but, you know, maybe it's time for something different. Uh, but neither one of us did that. And, and, and we believed in each other and we believed that we could make this work. And ultimately it did. And I think that when, when this story's written, uh, and it has been already, but as it continues to evolve in the years ahead, I, I think that's the bigger point in all of this is that a, a friendship withstood a lot and we continue to work together because it's what we always wanted. I was very transparent with Joe through the whole process. I told him, hey, there's no one I want to work with more than you. Uh, I made that clear to everybody involved. And Joe proved that he felt the same way. And, uh, and so that's what I'm most proud of in the entire situation. And when you say lack of communication, what do you mean by that with Fox? Well, I never had a conversation with with Eric Shanks until he called to congratulate me on the ESPN contract. Uh, I asked him specifically for some comments that I had heard that had circulated, had gotten back to me, and he refused to answer those questions. And uh, Joe had asked him the the same questions as to how did we get here, uh, and he refused to answer those questions as well. So uh, that's why I say that you know, there may not ever be any clarity uh, from my perspective as to what exactly happened. Um, you know, I was an employee of theirs for 21 years. I feel like I did everything that was asked of me. I don't, I don't feel like I ever gave them uh, anything to complain about or be upset about. Uh, but, you know, so be it. I think uh, I use the word disappointing. I think that's the, the biggest thing for me that I, I just think that uh, it's not hard just to have a conversation. And if you if you have a position, that's fine. Nobody has to be at fault for for feeling a certain way or or taking a stand. Just communicate that. And I think that's the biggest disappointment that I took from it. But with all that being said, I couldn't be more excited uh, to be at ESPN and see how someone else does it. And what I've seen is they do it a lot differently. 
and it's been refreshing. Troy, was there a point that you can point to where you pretty much knew you were leaving Fox, be it either for Amazon or ESPN? Uh, I think the week of the Super Bowl is when I is when I knew for certain uh, that that it was not going to work out for me to stay at Fox. Um, and so, uh, but I, I was prepared for that. I mean, I, I, you know, if I was betting it, I, you know, there was a percentage that during the season that I thought, well, you know, I may not, may not be back for, but for the longest time, uh, it looked like I would, I would probably do the late games like I had been doing with Fox with Joe continue to do playoff games and Super Bowls and then do the Thursday night broadcast on Amazon and then try to figure out, okay, how many games exactly is that going to be? That's how it looked for quite a while. And, uh, and then ESPN jumped in, uh, you know, relatively late compared to the conversations that had been ongoing with Amazon. Joe, you, you two, uh, you and Troy, you know, you're the top NFL broadcast team. You guys obviously have a close personal relationship you know, you, you, you find this, you want to stick with it. Let's play what if game though. What if uh, Troy went to Amazon? Would that have been possible or were there too many other things? Like we all know about your wife who works at ESPN as well. Were there too many other things that are uh, a sort of attracted, uh, attractive about ESPN? Yeah, I think a lot of the things that Troy said about ESPN and the postseason football and eventually a Super Bowl, that was more appealing to me. Um, you know, I, I, with regard to Amazon, honestly, that never crossed my mind because I just assumed forever or when this whole domino thing started to topple over uh, that Troy was going to, I mean, you can tell as Troy talks, he's about as honest as anybody out there. I mean, he's wide open. He, he will tell you what went on because I, I think he can stand on how he reacted at every turn. I, I feel like the same can be said about me, but I, I thought that if he was going to leave, it was going to be half in half out. He was going to be at Amazon and then do games with me at Fox. And that was it. At no point did I, I never talked to Amazon. The only time I talked to Amazon is when, because of my kids, a hundred packages show up at my front door every day. So uh, you and yeah, Marshan, I, I tell you, yeah, I, I just, Amazon was not on my radar, except that they're an app that is completely addictive and uh, they're taking over my life. But other than that, I was not going to work there. They never talked to me. So uh, that hypothetical was never even in the hopper. Um, I, I just assumed that Troy was going to do half and half. Troy, when you heard uh, Tony Romo's deal, $180 million uh, for 10 years, you'd been, you know, you're a better quarterback than Tony, Hall of Famer. You've been doing broadcasting um, for a lot longer than him, and you're making much less. Uh, you know, I've heard things. What can you tell us about in terms of his contract and what you thought in comparison to what you made at Fox? And, and what kind of factor was that in this whole process? Uh, I don't think it was a factor. I, I think that, you know, I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know. You cover the industry, but I, I think Tony's contract sent shockwaves through the broadcasting world, you know, I mean, uh, I, I think it startled a lot of executives. It, it certainly startled all of us that, that are in the business. Uh, but as far as the impact, there's no question that it, that it, it's had a, it's had a, a big impact on, on what happened with me, what, what has happened now with Tom Brady, assuming that he goes into broadcasting. Um, and I, and, you know, as a former player, uh, it's all about timing when your contract's up. Uh, you know, what options do you have? For me this year, uh, I had an opportunity to negotiate a deal with, with any suitor that wanted my services. Uh, in another year, you know, that opportunity may not have presented itself. So, so timing is everything, particularly in broadcasting. Uh, and when Tony got his contract, I, I, I was happy for him because you just knew that Okay, well, that's going to impact all of us. That's 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 going to have an effect on everybody in broadcasting going forward, uh, and it and it certainly has. And you know, Tom's contract will have will have some impact on somebody. It's hard to imagine, but but you know, that's only going to continue. Um, so, but as far as how it affected me with with my where where my position was and what I thought, uh, yeah, I, I knew I knew what a fair number was. Um, and that's all that's all I've ever asked to be paid is what I felt was fair. And and uh, and I felt like I was 
more than fair uh, in, in, in what I was asking during my negotiations. But, you, but before, I think last year, you signed an extension with Fox, right? And you had the opt-out. What was the reason that you wanted the opt-out? Well, the reason I wanted the opt-out was because we couldn't agree on what fair market value was. Um, and, and so they, they made a proposal. Uh, I thought it was a good start. And there was no negotiation. That was, that was their position. And that was where they were going to land. And so uh, I then said, okay, well, I'll take it. But after the first year uh, and one year only, I, I have the option to opt out of the contract. Certain parameters had to be met. And so that, you know, there's a whole nother conversation that I don't care to get involved with as to, you know, what happened there and why there might've been a Fox, Amazon collaboration and, you know, what have you. But, uh, you know, that, that, that's why it was. And, I, and, I, and so, uh, yeah, I, I, that's, how, that's how we got to where we are. Um, and that's why I'm no longer at Fox. Now you're ESPN, John, I'm willing to take them off the Budweiser hot seat now on this subject. If you are, unless you have one more, John, but yeah, you know, you know what? I want to start hammering uh, Buck on, on, MLB. <laughs> uh, on MLB. Joe, you're, off, you're off the Budweiser hot seat. Yeah, okay. Thanks. I got to tell you, Joe, the thing I'm most looking forward to this off season is uh, watching the social media feed, listen to Joe Davis and talk about how much they hate Joe Buck and their Joe Buck is calling an awful game. But, uh, right. Are you prepared well, there's, for that? People, most people on Twitter are very well aware of uh, of everything. So, uh, yeah, they'll they'll blame me as I sit on my couch and may or may not be watching the game. Uh, it's fifty fifty, uh, and and it'll be Joe Davis. And it's that stuff. I remember, and I I don't know who I I guess I did it with with another writer, but I, I remember my dad and Scully talking about that stuff back in the day. And this came up when Vin passed away that you just can't win on that national scene. And now you add social media into it and it becomes its own thing. So it's really a baseball phenomenon because all year long now, baseball fans hear their hometown guys. And then all of a sudden, you know, that we all know how the hometown guys call home runs. It's, you know, crazy for the home team. And when the other team hits it, it's, it's like sadness. And so <laughs> You know, when you do it the other way, everybody goes, oh, well, this guy hates my team. He's why is he excited for the Giants hitting a home run? He should be crying because now we're losing. And <laughs> so it's going to be the same stuff. And and I've Joe and I have talked about that. And you just have to you just have to kind of laugh at it. So, Joe, you're a, you know, I, I look at these old clips, you know, 1996, 97, you know, the, the when my Orioles were uh, getting robbed by the Yankees, you know, and you're the you're the voice of all these clips you've were that you're the voice of mlb going back 25 years if i had that it would i would find that to be really difficult to give up was it no um not at all <laughs> I, I, no i and i think some i tried to lead you into a different answer joe yeah no i know I, bite. <laughs> it better than no it was not i swear to god huh what andrew i said yeah it was better your answer is better than where john was leading you good job <laughs> yes you're welcome <laughs> trying to give you guys something on this podcast uh yeah I, I you know i've talked about it i had told fox i was you know signed through this year and and i told him that was going to be it um and and i think some of that comes from being my dad's son and and realizing that when you get to that level it's unbelievable it's it's I, I did 24 world series that's exactly 24 more than i ever thought i would do on national television so at some point you know it's it's time to move on and i've been around baseball since i was zero i mean i was born during spring training in 1969 you know doing minor league baseball when i was 19 and 20 and so you know having this time back in the summer, especially with little boys has been unbelievable. And I wouldn't trade that for anything. So, you know, at some point it's like, well, let's see, I, I did the Red Sox winning their first world series in 86 years. I did the Cubs winning their first world series in 108 years. Um, you know, you go down the list, the Yankees returned to greatness, um, Atlanta getting one last year. I mean, on and on and on and that nine 11 and, and what that incredible world series in 2001, I wouldn't trade that for anything, but I feel like it was time to, for a new challenge. And so I'm not looking back as much as I'm looking forward. And, 
you know, I said this to Andrew at some point, I, I talked to David Hill, the aforementioned guest on this, this here podcast. And he was kind of the, the last straw for me when he said, you need to go, you need change is good. And, you know, I felt like I was just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, loving every minute of it. But just like Troy, I mean, he's never worked with another producer than Richie Zions. He's never worked at another network than Fox. And the same is true for me, the network part. So to, to go elsewhere and to refresh and get a chance to kind of see how, you know, the other people do it is exciting. And, and part of that was giving up baseball and it was time. And uh, I'm not saying I'll never do it again, but I think there's a good chance I'll never do it again. Yeah, well, talks about doing minor league baseball one day. Well, yeah, I've been talking about that for 30 years. I okay. Well, <laughs> go ahead. I, uh, yeah, I, that doesn't sound appealing to me. I'm I'm good. I did two years of that. I'm fine. I talked to Tony Kornheiser about this before. I grew up reading Tony Kornheiser. Since he stopped writing, he doesn't write anymore because he doesn't, you know, he, he hasn't been developing that uh that aspect. I don't know, honest to God. I, I don't know that I could do radio baseball right now. I, I could fake my way through it for a while, but I'm so not trained in that anymore. And you get lazy doing TV, especially TV baseball. You know, your your radio is where you really learn how to broadcast. And, you know, I, I just talked to the blues announcer about this today. If you can do radio, you can do anything and you get a TV and unless you want to, you know, talk over every pitch and give you every turn of the baseball, you can just pick your spots and the scores up there, the the counts up there. You, you could go to sleep for half an inning and everybody would still have all the information they need. So I, I, I don't know that uh, that I'd be good if somebody said, hey, there's a radio game, the, you know, Syracuse Chiefs or whatever they call them now are taking on the <laughs> Memphis Redbirds. Uh, go call it. I, I don't I don't think I could do it. Those are good references, Joe. You're really on top of the baseball scene here. Yeah, the minor league scene. I'm barely, <laughs> barely remembering. No, I don't blame you. You know what? No, I, I do think, I think Beverly Sills said this. Opera singer a long time ago. She she had a thing on her when she stopped. She stopped at the peak and she said, you know, I've done it. Been there, done that. And kind of, I feel like that's, you know, kind of you've been there, done that. And you're just doing it again. It's the same with Super Bowls. It's the same with champ games. I love it. But I've done, I've done it. We've done it. We've done six Super Bowls. And, you know, eventually, if we live that long, we'll do seven. Uh, but until then, I'm happy to watch somebody else do it. And, uh, and this year, it'll be Kevin and Greg, and I wish them all the best. What do you guys think on Tom Brady? Will he be playing next year or in the broadcast booth? Troy, can you handle that first? Man, I, I, I don't want to speak for Tom. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I will say, you know, and I think there was a lot that went into that decision. Uh, I don't know how committed he was to retirement when he retired, but uh, I was surprised when he announced his retirement because he had always said 45 was the age he wanted to play to. He had been playing great. Uh, some thought he had, you know, the MVP season last year. He led the league in passing and so forth. So I was really surprised that that he he's accomplished everything that he's he sought out to accomplish. So I was surprised by that. So when he came back out of retirement, you know, it didn't surprise me at all. I, I was thrilled that he did because uh, I, I can probably speak for Joe. I mean, we love covering him. We've had an opportunity over the last couple of years when he went to Tampa Bay and in the NFC package to get uh, to cover more of his game. So we've spent more time visiting with him and I have great respect for him. Um, but it, it, I mean, since he has always said 45, I mean, if you if you put me on the spot and said, do you think he'll play again in 23? I'd say no, I'd probably bet that he doesn't. Um, but I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't put anything past him. Um, and I think that whatever he decides to do, whether that's broadcasting or continue with his TB12 or any other venture, uh, a number of them that he's involved with, you know, he'll continue to have great success. What did you make of the 11 days off in the middle of training camp? Uh, nothing, you know, nothing. I, you know, I, nobody knows exactly w what it was, but it doesn't really matter um, whether he was, you know, I, there's not, there's not a more uh, team oriented guy than Tom Brady. I mean, there's just not, uh, there's a reason why he is one the way that he has, uh, he gets it. I mean, he, he knows what it takes to not only play at a high level, 
but also then create a culture within an organization on what exactly it takes uh, to win. So never would I question anything Tom Brady does as to how that may or may not detract uh, from the goal of a football team, but it had to have been important because I, I think Tom takes those types of things very, very seriously. And when he came back, it sounds like whatever he was working through was something that had already been discussed and everybody was aware of it. So, um, I mean, let's be honest. These guys don't play anyway. I mean, what do they do? I don't even know. What, we call it training camp. I'm going to come up with a different name for it because it's it's not the training camp that I'm familiar with. And and uh, I'm sure that it was probably probably beneficial for him uh, to get away and do whatever it was that he was doing and uh, and maybe um, just get away from football and kind of get refocused a little bit. Troy, I was uh, particularly excited to have you on this podcast, having nothing to do with Fox or ESPN, but because you are probably the greatest big 10 quarterback of all time <laughs> yeah you know joe hey joe opened up this podcast by saying that, you know he got traded for a meaningless big 10 game i would say meaningless paying big money for those big I 10 said games mediocre. what are you talking about <laughs> i said mediocre i mean i wanted michigan ohio state i mean throw me in indiana at least that's where i went but uh yeah, I know it, it was it was okay. A buck for a boilermaker. Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Troy, uh, you're a proud UCLA alum. How, how do you feel about the move? I don't even know what to make of anything that's happening in college athletics. I mean, I'm not a, I'm just not a fan of what's happened. You know, um, there's no guardrails. I'm on the National Football Foundation board. So, you know, I, I, I get to hear from uh, the commissioners and a lot of people who are fully vested in, in the future and success of college football. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't see how anything that's been going on here in recent years is a positive for the sport. I, I just don't see it. When kids are bypassing their senior year of high school because they got an NIL deal, uh, and, and then they're at that college for one year and then they're in a transfer portal and they just pick up and leave. I, I don't, I, I mean, on so many levels, I just, I don't think it's right. Uh, I don't think it's good. Um, so I don't know. I've always believed that, that athletes should get paid something. I've always been a proponent for that. Uh, it's just the way that it's gone about. Like I said, there was just no guardrails, and and now it's you know trying to get the toothpaste back in the tube. I mean, I don't I don't know, I don't know how they, I don't know how they correct it. I don't know that they can. Well, guys, listen, this has been great. You guys might be better broadcasters than us, but we really appreciate <laughs> your time. And might you be, know, I love that. <laughs> and we truly uh, appreciate all the copy that you allowed us to write about. Oh my god, That's interesting. Yeah, all I know is I saw Romo at the Tahoe golf tournament. And he's while I'm eating dinner with the guy that I brought there to caddy. He walks by and all he says is you're welcome. <laughs> and then he kept walking. <laughs> and all I can say to you is you're welcome. <laughs> there you go. Circle. That, had, that had a bit of a Jack Buck sound to it, right? You're there. welcome. You're welcome, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Reams of copy. We appreciate it. Thank you both yes. for coming. Thank you guys. Right, guys. Thanks. See you. John, I, I really enjoyed uh, talking with Troy and Joe. I thought they were really honest, and, and it's appreciated uh, that they gave us the time. What was your big takeaway that you uh, that you thought after you know after we were done? Two takeaways, Andrew. One is we we do we need better comedy writers. Come on, man, that opening. I thought it was okay. People can chime. I, I, can I? I will give you this. I didn't sell it. I, I needed to sell it better. I didn't sell it. Well, it, it did come, I did come up with the idea. I thought, you know, try to loosen them up a little bit. And I, I thought you did. I it was. I thought it was, I actually thought it was okay. Of course, you know, Troy called us on it being uh, planned. Yeah, of course it was <laughs> planned. I mean, Troy, uh, yeah, we were familiar that you left uh, uh, Fox for ESPN, trying to have a little fun with it. Uh, I thought I thought it was good. They were good. They were, they were good sports about it. So I, that, so, that was I, you know, so many good little newsy nuggets in that interview. And Andrew, my one takeaway Buck's doing baseball again. He's totally going to do baseball again. I just got that sense. Like he said the exact opposite, but I, I, I don't, I, I, he didn't feel the exact opposite. I disagree. Like if you were, if we're betting here, I'll say he, I mean, does he ever do like one game again? 
I mean, I, yeah, like maybe a game or two here or there, you know, guess do a couple of Cardinal games. I, I, I reported their salaries, right. Um, you know, Joe Buck went to ESPN for $15 million a year. It's a lot of money. So they're not digging ditches, but I will say this, like what I think when you're in this business and we're all lucky, I always say I work hard, but I don't have a job. We're lucky to be in this business when you're in sports in any way. That said, it is the job in terms of like, it's not just if you're doing baseball, it's not just the, he does October, right? He wasn't already doing a lot of regular season. You have to pay attention. And again, people say, well, I pay attention. I'm a big fan, but it's a different type. You just can't make mistakes when you do it. The stakes are too high. And I think when you do baseball and I did baseball, right? A different job, but it just is wearing on you. And when you're done with baseball, you're done with it. Like I was just saying to somebody the other day, like, They'd have to pay me Joe Buck's type salary to do baseball again. Wait, when did you do baseball? You did baseball? Oh, no, I was a beat writer. I oh, had a beat writer. Oh, 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 okay, okay. No, no, I didn't call. I thought I you were going back to booth. Ithaca I on me. I was for an inning. Who was I in with? I think it was Sutcliffe. I can't remember. Maybe Schultz. I don't know. But I was in the inning for with ESPN for an inning. I did do baseball tonight. But no, obviously, I'm not saying I didn't know. I didn't broadcast. I, say, like my, my I, Mike need the people, I need the tapes. My Mike and the Mad Dog people used to do, uh, like, he, like, like it was Brent Musburger stat guy back in the day. And he'd be like, when I did the final four. No, no, you're the stat guy. Like, so I wasn't saying it like that. <laughs> Listen, you know, my career is like Joe Buck's career. But no, no, I wasn't saying like that. I meant that I was a beat guy. I covered the Mets way back when. And then um, I did the Yankees along with the great Wally Matthews. So let's get back. What's the uh, what's your big takeaway? When I asked Aikman about Brady, he didn't say like, you know, I asked him if he's going to retire. He said, you know, if he goes into broadcasting or does he do more TV 12? And I will say this, like, I don't want to start any rumors. Um, and it is a lot of money. And from what I've been told, you know, Brady's already shown that he's on board, but there is a feeling like Brady sort of, you know, maybe he doesn't do Fox, right? There is that like kind of, there is that in the media gossip fear that like, you know, do we know Brady's actually going to do it? I'm not saying I, I kind of, I'm on the Right now, he's going to do at least a year or two. Um, you know, I, I love percentages. Where are you? Oh, you remember the one-yard line thing? I wrote about the one-yard line without <laughs> Michael's uh, my newsletter, Newsletter Plus on, on Mondays. I, I would say, I think right now, if you ask me, I am 90% that he is going to do it. I'm even higher than you, I think. Okay. I mean, I, I just think, I think next year, I just think there are hints, the 11 days off is a hint that he's, this is it. I know um, he said he's got a lot of, stuff going on which is understandable at 45 and um maybe he doesn't need it but you're either all in or you're not he said he wanted to play till 45 he's doing all this social stuff he's selling a lot of underwear every two seconds if you follow him on twitter and uh, probably all his social media um and so i don't think uh just this feels like how jeter felt at the end sort of like kind of gearing all the businesses up that final year using that push of being an active player to just get those all, you know, running on all cylinders before, uh, before hanging it up for good. All right, let's move on. We're, we're going to try out a new topic here uh, called question of the week. You and I were emailed by Robert Heyman. Uh, and he said uh, he enjoyed the big get with Burke Magnus. Um, he uh, said that he had a question for us. It has been mentioned on message boards that the ACC's agreement with ESPN has a look-in in 2026 or 2027 to possibly increase the conference's TV revenue. Uh, is that true? Yes and no. So what's in the contract is the good faith clause that they will kind of in good faith throughout this long-term deal, right? It's 15-year deal. Look at the, you know, what's going on in the industry and to see, is there more you can do? You know, Burke Magnus talked about that. Um, you know, if they, if there are more North Carolina Duke games, I mean, we gave them that idea. Um, and so uh, there are, so there is something in there. Copyright, but it's right. Mando pod. Exactly. So it's not just reopen the um, agreement and let's just start again. And, you know, people have opt outs. It's different than that. It's not like something definitely would happen. It's more, especially when the deals aren't um, like, if it becomes very unfair, you know, but then if you're like, you know, I would say in this case, it seems like the deal is better for ESPN. It would be more of a conversation of let's make this more fair and let's extend it. Like you use it to your advantage in that, in that regard. You know, I don't know if the deal, again, I, I you'd have to look at the, how the cable net, you know, the ACC network works for the universities, but, um, but basically it is, but it's more of a good faith method, you know, 
you know, way of going about it. Like we, like he talked about with uh, when you, he, he was talking about the big 12 and uh, the pac 12, if they were to add teams, then you have a conversation in good faith of what that means. And so that's what, so it's, so it's, yes, it's something there, but it's you not. And I have joked about this. Those good faith conversations are like, Hey, Andrew, I need more money. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, but there is something to it. So there is, it's not like, it's just, um, it's not totally locked in for the next 15 years. There could be change, but there's no like opt out, which is kind of, I think what's implied I've been looked at those message boards. Um, but like, I think that's implied that they could just like open it up again and then see what's in the market. It's not, that's not how it works. It's more of let's talk. And you can really kind of try to, uh, you, you can do that. Mike Slive, who used to be, who used to run the, who ran the SEC, um, he's the one who had that in the clause, in the contracts. Um, and, and uh, you know, and, and that did work, you know, somewhat well um, for the SEC in terms of just being able to have those conversations. Pat McAfee, back in the news. What do you know, Andrew? Well, he just, serious, and, and he had broken up. Um, you know, he's been on serious the last two years. You know, McAfee told me that's only 5% of their business. You know, their business now is YouTube, direct to consumer, social media. Uh, and, um, you know, he told me they've talked to a couple of places, but will they just have an audio only uh, place? I don't know for right now. I'm not sure. Um, they do a good job of getting everything on social. Uh, they're very, he's very popular. I mean, McAfee is, you know, besides the quarterbacks, the Brady's, the Mannings, et cetera. Um, and maybe when LeBron shows up, McAfee is probably, he's on that Rushmore, um, you know, probably Barkley, Stephen A and Stephen A starting to, seems like he might be starting to create his own thing within, you know, his own pod now uh, three times a week with Kate is 13. Um, and so, uh, you know, McAfee, the world is his basically. I mean, everyone wants McAfee, um, but he likes doing things his way and he's built a little media empire. Uh, and so I expect that to continue. He said no offer was made. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, they'll, they'll have options, you know, if, if they want to just do, you know, have an audio only component, uh, live audio only. Uh, of course, they have a podcast after and, all, and uh, you know, all the ways you can reach people. But uh, that live audio was on that subscription service, SiriusXM, in the Mad Dog channel, which is a great channel. All right, let's go to our call of the week. Call of the week. Okay, we're going uh, over the weekend. College football started. They call it week zero. I don't know why it's not uh, week I don't know. <laughs> What's that about? Uh, you know what? I'm not calling it week zero. It was week one, for goodness sakes. Uh, Fox was in Ireland. Jason Benetti was not, but this is the first touchdown from the Nebraska Northwestern game. Another clean pocket for Thompson, reaching back to launch down the sideline, and he's got it into the end zone for a touchdown. There is Isaiah Garcia Castaneda for the Nebraska score. Andrew, we are two years into COVID. Why are we still not sending our announcers to the games? It's uh, that look. That wasn't the the greatest call. It was a it was a regular call. It, it would have been better if he was there, if he was in stadium. Yeah, Bernetti's tremendous. And you can hear in that call, he's sort of pausing a little bit to try to figure out off a monitor, you know, who who caught the pass and, you know, uh, he should credit for the touchdown. Uh, and so it's not ideal. Now, I was told because of COVID, short turnaround in terms of getting there, um, Ireland, different country. I mean, look, you could also send different announcers. You know, Bernetti has the White Sox. He also does Peacock, which he did the next day uh, on Sunday. But here, overall, if you're, you know, FS1, we've seen this with baseball. Uh, they didn't send announcers to their national games for baseball. I think college football, it's going to be interesting to see. Do they, you know, I think some of their teams, they're going to send, but they're going to try to do it in studio soccer. They've also uh, been just doing in studio. And here's the thing. I get it. They're saving money. It's not respecting the audience. And I just think you tell people it's not that important. They'll believe you eventually. And so um, I just don't, I, you know, look, they get to see their books. I don't know exactly how much they save the Ireland one. I'm a little, I, you know, after hearing that explanation, okay, that makes a little bit of sense. Now you could have sent somebody else, Tim Brando, you know, you didn't have to send Benetti if, you know, Benetti has all these other, um, you know, baseball um, responsibilities, even though he's your, you know, new flashy hires, your number two college guy. Yeah. I think you should be at the games now. It's there's no, uh, all, you know, all the games you were before. 
Because you have now, to respect your audience and not just say these games aren't important, basically. Now, the only reason you're not at the games now is money. It has nothing to do with COVID. As well, I, guess- I, really, I mean, I look, there's a little something there. I, I think that is a little, like, I don't know their, like, what the protocols are, but you do also have to factor in that if someone does get COVID, you know, while they're in Ireland, then, you know, again, so, you know, I don't know their, what their rules are exactly. You can get stuck there for a week or two um, because of COVID still. Again, that so that, that I, I think that's I just want to see as the season goes on, will Fox Sports, you know, send people where they should, you know, not just Gus Johnson, the number one team. But. They will for the games that matter for a, for a FS1 game that is on a Friday night or a Thursday night like that. That'll be the ones that they, they start to, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, again, I don't think they should do that. So I don't uh, think they should either. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, now we just uh, got on Fox Sports next week. We have Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson scheduled to be on the pod. They're the big gets for next week as we go around the NFL. They're going to be doing the Super Bowl uh, in uh, February in Arizona. Obviously, they replace Buck and Aikman. That will be going into the first week of the season. So we're excited to talk to Burkhart and to Olson for next week. Greg Olson is the first repeat guest in Mando history. We should we we should have a uh, you know some sort of celebration. I think. I think he's got enough. He's doing the Super Bowl now. So uh, I think we helped him. I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, I think, you know, uh, he's done it on his own. So, so that'll be good for next week. We really do appreciate uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman joining us this week. As always, if you can review and rate, um, it really helps and which really appreciate, it, especially if it's a positive one. Uh, so uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.